Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though Cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm -hmm. Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar. This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. In this interview today, we're going to be talking to David Vasquez, who was working for communication for Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. And he had a job in the governor's mansion as press secretary. But he has recently left to join the Stand Together Foundation that was started by the Koch brothers. Dave was also the campaign manager for Bob Cortez. Dave was also credited for uh, serving as press aide for President Donald Trump's inaugural committee during the transition and then moving on to the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, joined on as External Affairs Manager. So in this interview today, we're going to learn a lot about communication. We're going to talk about press releases. We're going to talk about just a few things about gaining influence as well. So it's a good one. And there's an even special thing that you're going to find out about Mr. Vasquez. Stay tuned. Do you feel that your knowledge would be better served if you are your own boss? Your knowledge can help more people improve their workplace safety. Most of what you know may be wasting in a job that limits what you can do for the overall health and safety of workers. Now is the time to start your own business while you're still working for your current employer. Start your own safety consultant business with the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. Get your business legal in just a week. Brand yourself as an authority in safety, even on a shoestring budget. No more stressing about how to price your services fairly, but still make a profit. And experience the amazing feeling of being your own boss. This 100% online video course is instructor-led and will give you detailed steps to keep you focused as to what to do next to grow your business. Lay out strategies to keep you maximizing your marketing and networking efforts. And explain how to get money in between clients. Register today at safetyconsultantblueprint.com and enter the code PODCAST. I'm Dave Vasquez, and I, um, I'm a spokesman here at Stand Together. Stand Together is a, a philanthropic organization that also uh, engages throughout um, 32 different states and also on a national level on uh, just about every issue and policy that you can think of um, up here in D.C., and it's, um, it's actually the organization started by uh, the billionaire investor Charles Koch, um, originally by him and his brother David Koch. Um, who has since passed, but um, 
I've been up here now uh, about a month. And uh, before that, I was with the governor's office down in Florida. I've, uh, I've managed uh, a few campaigns um, at the local level, did a statewide campaign recently, uh, and I've been involved in some national politics for uh, a few years now. So that's sort of the, the brief 30,000 foot uh, overview. See, you already know like the the uh, elevator speech thing, don't you? <laughs> you got it down. So uh, for my listeners who don't know, uh, David's my nephew. My wife, uh, her brother is married to David's mother. And so uh, you've been in our family for, goodness, I think you're like 13 or so, or what was that? I was probably, I was probably about 12, maybe 11 when uh, my mom and, and Doug got married, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. Good times. <laughs> and you have been like extremely modest in that elevator speech over there. So, uh, you know, as modest as modest could be because not only were you the campaign manager for, uh, for what was it, Bob uh, Cortez? Cortez. Mm-hmm. So you got him to win. Uh, mm-hmm. You're on your team over there helping him win that. Uh, you yeah. started with... Governor Ron uh, Santos in the beginning, mm-hmm. or he even hired you on as the uh, press secretary. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. that's, that's a little modest. You might want to put that in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say uh, working for the governor is probably one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had, and, and uh, I'm really grateful for it. I um, When we first came on, and we started the whole thing. We had a group of about four of us um, in total doing all, all of um, everything that was needed. And then by the end of it, we had spent geez, some, something in the vicinity of like a couple, not a, like somewhere in the vicinity of about 30 million. Mm-hmm. And we had about 50 people employed statewide and we had a full-time operation up and running. But, but what was really cool was I traveled uh, from city to city with the governor. And that was um, during the campaign. And then when we went into the administration, then it was even better because then it was, you know, then it was the official state business that we were doing, but we were going from, you know, we would do probably three, sometimes four cities a day where we would, you know, start the day in Tallahassee, uh, make our way over to the treasure coast, do an event there or some kind of, you know, grand opening of a business or, or sometimes a big announcement that the governor had to make and, you know, head over to Miami do something, do some kind of meeting over there and then head over to, you know, Tampa before getting back to Tallahassee. And that was sort of, you know, the day and day, day out of the job, but, wow. but, uh, but that was really, really cool. So we got, um, we got to meet so many people and we got to, um, do so many things that it was, it was kind of a, a once in a lifetime kind of experience. And, um, you know, it's funny people, um, People just like him. People just like the guy. Um, he's just an everyday, uh, very hands-on guy. And, you know, we'd stop at a Wawa or we'd stop at a, uh, um, a Dunkin' Donuts and, and people would just kind of come up and, and want to shake your hand and they want a picture. And, and it was cool. It was, um, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, excellent. Now, um, in doing that, I know you've got so many different nuances to not only the the business side of the politics, and you know, my my bachelor's is in marketing, but my master's is in public administration, and my goal was to 
I was going to get into uh, most of my career. I was either um, municipal work with the city. I worked for City of Orlando, and then I also worked for uh, for a bunch of other city uh, or municipalities. And I was going to be a superintendent, which I was. And then when I was about to leave, I was going to be a director of utilities. And I was just, you know, in the lower end of politics in that position. But uh, the people that I was dealing with were board members and I was dealing with a whole bunch of uh, people who were, you know, at one point, one of our board members was uh, placed by the governor at the time. And, you know, having these high end conversations with people who could make or break your job is always nerve wracking. Right. So in doing that, I, I kind of have a feel that you, you have to really learn how to be a, a excellent communicator, if you will. And then you're fluent in Spanish too. So that makes you such a wonderful asset. So how do you, uh, how do you get to be so comfortable with people when you're only meeting them in just a little bit of fraction of time and you have a message you need to get across and uh, how do you, how do you deal with those, uh, those nuances at such a quick rapid pace? Yeah. I would tell you that now in 2020, our attention spans have completely gone off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I, I would tell you that you have like 30 seconds at most to either make an impression on someone or tell them something that really makes them stop and think. Yep. And, and that's face to face or is that? that uh, that's everything. I would tell you that that's everything. I would tell you that that calculus went into a lot of our media plan, that calculus went into a lot of our ads, that calculus went into a lot of our digital plans. And it also, you know, from person to person um, and and uh, meeting to meeting, I think that also carries that weight because you really, what you can get done in, you know, a 30 seconds to one minute of conveying your message to someone or getting your point across or convincing them of something Mm-hmm. Um, it really happens in in a snap, and you either made that impression and came away with that objective, or you or you didn't. And you know, it's not the end of the world if you didn't. You you might have another chance, but the attention span of the the modern American has just absolutely you know gone off a cliff. And and you know, I'm guilty of it too. I absolutely. If a meeting is going on too long, the interest, the focus, the attention, it absolutely uh, draws down. So you, you really have a short window. And I think that's an opportunity. I think that opportunity, once you have that face-to-face or you have a phone call or you have a quick meeting or someone introduces you, um, I think that really is an opportunity uh, to right off the bat make an impression and make yourself known and memorable. So how do you do that and still keep your personality? Because that's the key. It's it's great to say that you got to do it. So what's your tips on doing that? You know, because truly there's there's a whole bunch of different ways and thinking some of that. I know uh, Tony Robbins uses neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they have a system called anchoring and then also another one, mirroring, where you could mirror someone's movements and, and make them feel as comfortable as possible. So is there a way? What, what's your tips? I see. I got in, in brute honesty, I'm not that, uh, deep. <laughs> I, I, I would tell you that my, um, what always goes through my mind is to be very direct, um, 
and to put it into a context that people haven't really heard before. That's always my, uh, my way of thinking is one, um, don't beat around the bush. My, my big thing is to go straight for the jugular, go straight for the bottom line. You know, we have got to get X done. We have got to do this. And that's with everyone. That's with people you meet, that's with subordinates who are under you. That's with people who are uh, parallel sort of in your organization that you're working with to accomplish something. All of these things, I think it's a, it's a direct um, message that you're getting across. And I think any time that you spend sugarcoating something or adding adjectives around the place where they don't need to be, or, you know, making a different point altogether, you are wasting time. And you are also uh, just absolutely shooting uh, yourself in the foot when it comes to conveying that message and getting the bottom line across. And so my big thing is, is be direct, be direct always, just go straight for it. Um, and, and don't apologize for it either. There's no um, there's no sense in in uh, wasting time at all. All right. So, uh, uh, firm handshake, good smile, smell good, be prepared, make sure you know what you want to say, to have the end in mind, and then uh, and then go get them. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I would say preparation um, for whatever you're doing is bar none the most important thing. I think if you um, if you come to a meeting or a, a meet and greet or an opportunity uh, and you're not prepared and you have, um, you don't have all your ducks in a row, I think you've wasted the opportunity. So I think, I think directness and preparation are probably the two most important things without a doubt. Yeah, and I, uh, my audience are people who have, in some ways, it's, it's two different type of audience. Some are actually working at a business and they are the safety officer at that company. And they may be thinking about going on their own. They're not sure or not. And they want to be their own boss and be a consultant. And, uh, and you know, that's what I do as a, as a consultant. So I, I help mentor them in that. But uh, the other side is the person who took that plunge. And they're there. They're, they're their own boss. They're the entrepreneur. They have to uh, make or break it. If they can't do this job and, and be their own boss, they're going to end up having to work for someone else. So uh, they, they have to take that chance. And when they do, these tips are really going to help them. So one of the ones that I was really thinking about is, press releases because I know that there's a whole bunch of people and, and I do a lot of webinars. Uh, so people hire me, I do webinars. And I remember uh, every once in a while, well, more than once in a while, I Google my own name. Do you do that? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even got a Google alert. So whenever awesome. uh, oh, you do. Yeah, that's very smart. Actually, that's the, that's the way to really sort of monitor <laughs> just in case. Well, I just figured out there's a whole bunch of people using my previous webinars, and I, I, I never signed a contract with them, so I got to figure all that stuff out. But um, what I was thinking is, uh, I saw one of those companies use a press release on one of my webinars. I'm like, hmm, that's a smart idea. So what's the, what's the, the, the good and the bad on press releases? And then how do you actually get or who do you go to to get a press release uh, when, you, when it's time for a, a, a solopreneur like myself to say, all right, I'm doing a new service. I'm doing a new business or I'm even going to do a freebie class for somebody and I want to make sure I get the bang out of my bucks for marketing. Sure. Just one question before I go into, are you, is the press release, is the objective to 
uh, target the media or is the objective to target potential listeners and, uh, and individuals? It'll be the target. Uh, mostly the, the money for us will always come from the business owner. So you really want to target the business owner and the industries are generally going to be uh, construction, manufacturing, uh, that type of industries that are going to uh, you know, all chemical stuff like that. They're they're really going to be the ones that that will pay for cons, uh, consultation services. So they're they're the target market. Got it. Got it. Uh, two big big thoughts on this. One, um, I would tell you to divide up the um, the targeting by uh, your media and then your non media. Uh, anyone who falls into that non-media category, those business owners, those uh, individuals, the people thinking about uh, making it on their own, the people who are currently uh, working for someone else, I would put them in uh, the category all their own. And then anyone who works for the press, the media, the outlets, TV, radio, television, um, uh, you know, podcasts, everything else is sort of in its own uh, category. And the reason I say that is that's going to determine... your voice of the press release that's going to determine everything that you do on the messaging front of the press release. So in the media space, um, my, my golden rule is I never want to, um, be white noise to the media. My, my, (laughs) we live in sort of the 2020, uh, 24 hour news cycle and you would be absolutely amazed. I, sometimes I think that I have a lot of, um, uh, emails in my inbox, it turns out the media has just millions upon millions of, of messages a day of people saying, hey, you know, you should cover this. Hey, this is important. Hey, get this out there. And, you know, it's really up to them and their editors to sort of disseminate that information. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, what you're doing and um, the folks in your industry might be, might have something very interesting that the media might want to share. There's tons of business journals. There's a lot of, um, you know, the wall street journals of the world and, and their smaller, uh, sort of counterparts. Yeah. Uh, they may be very interested. And I think that, um, is an angle all of itself when you're pitching to them, when you've got, you know, a brand new, uh, consulting firm out, when you've got a brand new product out, when you've got a brand new, um, you know, take on the industry, um, that you want to make waves in in the media that might actually attract uh, clients your way, it might attract business owners your way, it might attract the attention your way. I think there is absolutely a lane there and sort of a, a way to go um, on that front. And I think um, that has to be targeted. I'll tell you, the number one thing on that front is um, you have to stand out. Uh, the media, they don't want to see, you know, the same things as all their competitors, and they don't want to see the same things that have already been covered. They're looking for the new, they're looking for the groundbreaking, they're looking for the attention-grabbing uh, headlines. So I think that is, like bar none, the the number one thing I would tell you with the press releases for the media side. Okay, now, if you're, Hold on, before you get to the other one, yeah. uh, while we're thinking of that one, uh, so is this, I'm sending them a press release mm-hmm. media it's going to be in their email someone's email box and i need my email header to shout at them saying yes. i am different yes who's this person i'm sending it to and and time out the the <laughs> shouting 
um, is not in all caps. Uh, just, just, <laughs> just for um, just for everyone's awareness, do not send the media all cap uh, uh, <laughs> message uh, subject lines, please. They will Work on your copy, right? Will likely say, "Why is this person screaming at me?" Uh, move on with their <laughs> with their day. Um, Who's getting but it? You, you absolutely nailed it on the head. It it has to grab their attention. Um, and those, um, those emails are going to, um, I would tell you once again, target, be selective in your targeting. If you are, um, in, you know, the Tampa Bay area, uh, Tampa press Corps um, has some great people in it. You know, the Tampa Bay times, there's, there's Bay news nine, there's all this, the spectrum news of the world. I mean, they have plenty of, of, you know, phenomenal uh, reporters and, and uh, journalists over there. Um, be selective in your targeting, you know, make your pitch to them um, unique um, and make it individual so that they know um, you're not sort of just spamming out white noise into the, into the abyss. Okay. Cause I do get a global audience. So uh, for, for those of you that aren't in the, the Florida area where I am, but uh, just look for the local media that you're at. If there is a newspaper that you're uh, into, if even if there is a, let's say it's a circulation that's high and it may not be like a, a very big paper, but in your area, it's got a high circulation, get a hold of maybe the editor, or if you have a niche, you might look for the niche person that would be the, the person that's looking for a slow news day and <laughs> give them a little, a little note saying, hey, <laughs> I got something here that's going to help you with your beat reporting. So I get that right, David? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you nailed it on the head. Right, I think not media. There's a lot of, before I go on, there's a lot of reporters um, and plenty of opportunities where it's more ideal to only go to them and offer them an exclusive, um, something that you won't offer any of their competitors uh, for them to break the news rather than uh, to send it out to, to uh, a broader list. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. That's good. So uh, non-media. Uh, so, so, so if you're going into non-media, I wouldn't necessarily call those press releases. I would call, um, I would call that your email marketing. I would call that your digital marketing. Um, this is your, um, this is your space, really. This is your. This should be your bread and butter, um, because the media is a lot more uh, niche. They're a lot different um, than everyone else. And when you're targeting um, your sort of home base audience, um, one, your messaging should be absolutely down. You should know. Um, you know, how you want to convey yourself, the way that you are coming across to them, what your goals are with them. If it's to, you know, increase your, your listenership, if it's to get the attention of businesses, if it's to, you know, get um, more and more people um, over to your business, uh, that's, that's in and of itself its own uh, large category. And um, again, I, I think the, the white noise rule applies. Um, don't be white noise, be, uh, stand out without a doubt. Um, stand out in every which way and don't be like your competitors. Look around um, at who your competitors are, what they look like, what um, branding looks like on their end uh, and make sure that you're not, you know, you're not the same as them. You don't want to be um, just another face in the crowd. You want to stand out and be the the voice that everyone hears. All right. Good, good, good. So um, on another front, I know that, um, you know, for our industry, and uh, for your knowledge, I know that they don't actually have uh, state OSHA plans for every state. So what happens is if your state doesn't have an OSHA, you would actually have to go through 
to see if you could get uh, something on a ballot or get something where you know your your governor will will make it um, make it a something that they would run on, if you will. And uh, back back in the day, I wrote uh, Governor uh, Scott. I wrote him a letter about, hey, we need a Florida OSHA. <laughs> and uh, he was actually, I wrote like congressman i wrote everybody he was the only one that responded to me by the way everyone else even my local people did not respond but uh for for us and this is probably on on the governor's side of of the work you're doing uh how do you actually affect trying to make a change or trying to even reach someone like that to say hey we need to now, uh, is there a way i could get this to be one of your talking points or 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 uh, messaging for you, maybe not this election, but you know, somewhere when you're nice and comfortable and you don't have to worry about re-election. Yeah, uh, a couple of big thoughts uh, right off the bat. One, I would tell you that um, don't disregard the constituency uh, part of the job for any elected official. They um, really are accountable to the residents or constituents, the, the voters um, of the state or the county or the city um, that they manage. And um, I wouldn't discount discount the, uh, the impact that some of that can have. I would also tell you um, that partnering up um, with like-minded people, uh, regardless of what the issue is, regardless of what the talking point is, regardless of what the policy is, um, I would tell you that you might be stronger as a group. Um, you might be stronger as a coalition that you might form um, in order to affect that change and then uh, do the outreach and then, you know, possibly hold an event or possibly um, uh, put out some press releases on, on the issue or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I think you might um, have some luck um, by banding together with, with folks that, um, uh, that are on your side. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I'm throwing these rapid fire at you because I know you're uh, <laughs> down with time. But uh, since you're you're into the influence part, and uh, and you've you know been featured many a times on uh, political magazines and the thirty and thirty, you know. Uh, so it's it's been awesome to see as you you know as I'm getting these things and your mom sends them to me. I'm like, yes, go get it. <laughs> you know, moms, right? That's awesome, Johnny. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, on influence, how do you gain influence? I know some of it is naturally you'll see some people, like you mentioned, uh, Governor DeSantos, people just like them. You know, just naturally people like rank. So uh, how do you gain that influence, especially if you're a, a solo entrepreneur and you're trying to get some sort of uh, leverage as you're networking and you want to influence people, you want to seem like you're bigger than you are as far as a firm? What, what's kind of tips on that? Yeah, I think some of the most successful people I've seen uh, build an influence in their sphere is they are uh, movers and shakers in their community. Um, I would tell you that it's like the old adage that no man is an island. I would tell you that uh, some of the best cases that I've seen of this, and I'm, I'm thinking of, I won't name some individuals, there's individuals in Jacksonville um, and, and maybe one down in Miami who the reason that they're known and the reason that they stand out and the reason that they're able to affect a change is because they are successful at, at the local level 
um, as far as being influencers in their community. So the people in their community know them, they're likely to have either a cause or a business or a, an idea that people around them are drawn to and that they are able to uh, push forward. And then before you know it, they've got, you know, a following on social media or they've got this event that people are talking about, or they've got this um, idea that the media is talking about, or they've got um, something that is drawing their attention down to them. Um, and, and some of the best ones I've seen have usually been with uh, some nonprofit uh, organizations in the areas. Um, and they, if you can leverage your local community, it doesn't, it, you know, we always think of politics as, as, you know, who's president, who's in the Senate, what's going on in DC and yada, yada. But really it is almost the most impactful thing uh, to be known in your community and to be, um, to be seen um, within your peers in your community as the sort of change maker. Um, and I think that's the way you sort of accumulate uh, momentum and then from that point, you can really sort of turn around and say, you know, here's who I am, here's who's with me, and here's the organization that I, I've built or I've, I've um, sort of amassed, and here's where we're going next. And I think that's, that's the way that you get, you know, the folks in the, in the state capitol sort of look at you. And then, you know, before you know it, people from around the country are sort of looking your way and they're like, man, you know, that organization really has it, you know, has, is going places that that business is really going places or that person is really going places and you start and i i'm not talking about myself in, the, in this organization in this yeah, yeah, yeah. instance here but i i mean folks who have really uh been successful at uh drawing their community around them um and usually for for a really good cause usually for um um a nonprofit, a charity organization, sometimes for um, a really cool business venture uh, that is coming out, usually a um, something along the lines of students um, that I've seen uh, over in Tampa Bay. There's there's a lot of uh, sort of examples of this, but but um, I would tell you, be a change maker in your community. Um, and from that point, you can really build momentum um, and really become uh, somebody of influence. Yeah, and that... That really goes uh, goes well with what I've seen because truly when I first got started and even when I, I, I teach people about how to be, you know, how to have a viable business, I always say don't neglect talking to your friends, your family, people in church and uh, start that first. And that's usually going to be the people that know you like, you trust you. And then you could build a business through those relationships and they'll refer you to someone else. And then you can start leveraging, leveraging that. But exactly. on the flip side, I have to tell them about email marketing. And then, you know, you have to get, you have your list. Everyone needs a list and autoresponders and everything else that goes with the list after that. So I have to, you know, we, we work through those areas where you have to, you know, create, create the image, if you will, yeah. so that you're bigger than you are. Sure. But the influence always starts within, you know, your 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 circle of influence, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. How about this? Now, no one on radio could see you, but anybody with eyes knows you're like one of these dashingly good-looking young people. Right? <laughs> so, uh, if you look him up, David Vasquez. <laughs> no, he's already he's already uh, uh, taken. So, all right, but. Uh, 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, what do you feel about you know using all your God's uh, talent with those people that are good looking or tall or you know extra whatever it is? Yeah, is that taking away from your smarts and taking away from whatever? If you also accentuate yourself as you're you're doing these networking meetings and you're going out there because you know. Some people don't want to tell you they're hiring you because you look good, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt, right? So what do, you, what do you do? How do you get those people to come to terms with, you know, sure, you look decent, you look good, you're, you're, you're uh, in your community, you look like someone that you, someone would, would really say, wow, <laughs> they're good looking. So do you add that into your influence, into your marketing, into your, your presence, into um, you know, maybe not selfies and every, you know, <laughs> everything, but how do you add that in and make it part of your business? Or do you just let that go and just let your, your work stand for yourself? Uh, I, I'd usually like to think that I let the work just sort of uh, stand for itself. I think no matter what your uh, industry is or businesses or, or um, influence sort of sphere is before you know it, um, people will recognize uh, good work, and they will recognize um, value. I, I think is the biggest thing. If you can create value and you can uh, bring something to the table, I think that's what really sort of makes a difference. And I think that's where really um, a lot of people are, are able to sort of shine, or a lot of people are able to um, sort of stand out. Um, I, w- I would say that's probably the biggest thing is is being able to bring value to the table or to the organization or to the business. All right, because usually I say, especially with like a female clients who may be very good looking and in a lot of the safety field, you end up going in male dominated worlds as the safety officer, as a female, it might be kind of intimidating. So generally the, the thing I always say is, you know, you're a person as long as you, you know, present yourself professionally uh, and you, you really seek to hear people, don't be scared of your looks. But then also don't go the other side to, you know, demand someone to look at you and, you know, pay attention to you. Sure. <laughs> so I believe there's a balance there where you should feel comfortable for yourself. But, you know, it, it shouldn't be like every part of your marketing, you know, that that's yeah, a different message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and truly marketing, communication, it's all in the same vein. So if you are the, your own marketer and your own communicator, then you, you got to think of all these things. Yes, it's part of, you know, part of the package. But uh, I, I, I believe you're, you're right on where your work should speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. You, you had a thought. I, I saw it go through the head. <laughs> you, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are plenty of people, I will tell you, um, in uh, in communications world, uh, whether that's political or not political, um, who largely work behind the scenes um, and they're not on camera. They don't do uh, the radio interviews. They don't do um, a lot of the face-to-face time with reporters, but they do phenomenal work. And, and funny enough, in some cases, it's not for, um, you know, vanity or, or anything of the sort it's it really is um in some cases preference it's some in some cases it's just the talent level that is that is there behind uh the camera the to you know put everything together um and let things roll i think 
um, there's something to be said for, um, you know, folks that could very well do the on-camera stuff and aren't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I know a few years back you wrote an article uh, regarding uh, what people should do if they're targeting the millennials. And uh, on the political side, you're saying, forget about everything else. Millennials just care about jobs. <laughs> just job, job, jobs, I believe, was even the heading of your, your article back then. Uh, but for us in the safety world, we get to see now in the generations, uh, there's five generations actively working in the, you know, from, I guess, the, I forgot the, the generation before the, the baby boomers, uh, silent generation, right? Mm-hmm. Silent generations, then it's the baby boomers, me, the Gen Xers, then there's the millennials, and then now the Zs are in. Yes. And so that's you know my my son and and uh, mm-hmm. I guess Sierra, my daughter is is uh, the last of the Gen X or oh no last of the millennials and my son right. Devin is uh, the first of the Z's. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to reach these, because truly we go in and sometimes we're consulting, we're teaching people about you know safety and health and risk and uh, some of the things that that goes with that, but we want to be able to get our message across to each one of those generations. So if you're the spokesperson for the millennials in my interview right now, how do we reach out to millennials and, uh, and truly give them information or at least let them know that, uh, that we, we want to reach them in a language and you know, understanding that they have so they can stay as safe as everyone else? Yeah, the generation gaps are fascinating. Um, and... What I've, what I've seen and noticed over the last couple of years is uh, folks, um, private and public sectors, who have gone after the, the millennial attention mm-hmm. and they came up with all these gimmicks and, and sort of like fads and trends that they think millennials might like. Yeah. And then I, I, I was fascinated by this because I, I thought it was so funny as I was going in. And, and you saw it in campaigns, you saw it in, in, um, in uh, corporate ads, you saw it in so many things. And I, I really... I was fascinated by this. I thought it was, fu- it was the funniest thing. Yeah. And uh, ultimately I, it's my, um, it's my absolute belief that, that millennials and I think the generation that's coming after us too um, has this unique new world that they're working in. And we are um, the biggest cohort of voters now uh, we've officially replaced um, the baby boomers as as the biggest voting block uh, that there is generationally, but we're also the most transient, which means we um, we're more likely to move from city to city. And I think you'll see that. And I think if you know the millennials who are graduating college, uh, by the way, graduating at at you know higher rates than any other generation before us. You know that they'll 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 move. You know that if they get a job opportunity in another city, in some big town somewhere, country, state, you know wherever it is, they will move and they'll take that opportunity. And it really is the sort of opportunity generation. And um, I think so many um, millennials that I know throughout, uh, whether they went to college or not, whether they are in the you know, are in finance or whether they're in tech or whether they're in politics, whatever it is, I've seen them 
move all over the place and they are taking jobs and that's what we're, they're really chasing. I think there's, there's generations that chased, um, there's a greatest generation who sort of like stood up for country and, um, did just incredible things, um, for everyone and, and made that sacrifice. There's been generations who, um, were really focused on, on home building. There has been generations that, um, you know, led to, um, you know, the rise of like the American cities. But now yeah. I think we are the generation that um, is chasing job opportunities and is, is looking to climb the ladder because of the fact that we have this explosion in, in every sector. You know, technology has absolutely, you know, expanded everything. And now, you know, the job that you never thought would, would be, um, would be available or even exist now it exists over in, in the next town over and now it exists over in this new, you know, venture that that's popping up and now it exists um, all over the place. And so I think, I think when you're trying to get their attention and you're looking to get um, their focus for longer than 30 seconds, I think it, it, you know, their message has got to be tailored around, you know, what are you doing for them as far as an opportunity and how is this uh, a new opportunity or how does it relate to their new job or the job that they want or the job that they're chasing? Because that really is, I think, the focus or the driver for, for our generation. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll change in 10 years when we get a little bit older. Who knows? But right now, I think the sky is the sort of limit um, for so many uh, uh, millennials and, and they're really chasing, um, they're chasing jobs all over the country. And they're so educated now, and truly, OSHA started in 71, so the whole lives of OSHA, of a millennial, they've had safety and health and OSHA and everything else, so coming into the workforce, they're actually a lot safer than the previous generation, because they think about this stuff. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, helmets that they already had when they're younger, and now they know, hey, I'll wear a hard hat. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So those... I do think that's good. Some of my uh, my audience, what they I hear a lot about is uh, when they go into a workforce. Maybe it's a millennial boss now because you're in their you know late twenties, early thirties, and you're business owners in some cases, and they want to reach out to them. So they they want to sell them on on tech, or they want to sell them on you know here our company will do an app for you or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if that's going to be worth their while to spend the money to try to get a, an extra tech side or an upside just to sell a safety product uh, to a millennial. Is that, you know, would that be worth it or is that case by case? If the value is there in having the app or if the app provides you something that you can't get anywhere else in a convenience manner that you can't get anywhere else, then it might be worth it. It, it might be, um, it might be worth looking into, it might be worth developing, um, but don't follow the fads, right? If, if, the, if the app, I'll tell you this, if the app does something that you can do online in under five minutes, um, then you're certainly wasting your time, there, right? Um, but but if, if there's a real value add, I will say um, there's, there's definitely um, a way to go there. There's definitely a lane open for you there. Um, I have a, a really cool... Um, thing that I, I only discovered a couple months ago in my phone um, that gives me a network. Um, I, I, I didn't know about this and this is where I'm starting to feel old in my, <laughs> in my later twenties now, but, um, but someone actually 
probably a, a Gen Z. And I showed <laughs> me this and I, it blew my mind. I, I don't have this on my computer. It's not anywhere on my Outlook stuff. But on my phone, um, there's, a, there's a setting. Um, this, is, this is the work stuff, so it's sort of, it's sort of niche. But uh, there's a setting in the contacts area on the iPhone um, that gives me access to every contact in uh, my entire network for wow. the company and people associated. So that, <laughs> that blew my mind. And I was like, there's, you know, that is, you know, absolutely, you know, the most valuable thing I've seen so far. I'm like, my, my gosh, I can just pick up the phone and call, you know, anyone I need over at accounting or over at, you know, the business development side of it or over at, um, at the creative, you know, uh, marketing guys. And I'm, you know, I'm yeah. settling my issues in three seconds rather than wow. trying to try and emails. If you, uh, if you actually identify a legitimate actual need, <laughs> something that someone needs right. and you could develop a solution that's quick and fast, keep their attention. Dude, right. Right. If it's a repeat or something else, or it's a fad, don't waste your money. Exactly. Exactly. If it can be done fairly quickly online on my computer, then it's, um, then it's really probably not worth <laughs> your time or anyone else's time. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, speaking about your, your, your business here, you mentioned, and the, the reason I, I, I know about it, of course, is because I'm family, but uh, for Stand Together, right, mm-hmm. uh, was a, a Coke brother. And then uh, you do have, oh, oh, hold on, I got a cheat sheet over here. Uh, it looks like uh, Brian Hooks is mm-hmm. also uh, uh, the chairman and CEO. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that they're really looking at was the hunger too, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to. I know that's one of the many things that they're looking at, right? Yeah. Uh, so for us in the safety world, we we have been given a few other tasks for safety and health because usually people that are in my field, we were in environmental health safety and then they threw in security now so we got to think about you know what's going to happen if someone gets fired and then all of a sudden they go back to the car and whatever that is right so uh, we in this world if we're now being uh, safety consultants and security consultants in some ways when you do have that kind of credibility to do both um, for us we're really thinking about all aspects of the individual in order for us to really get a safety culture. That's what we call it. We want to make sure that it's not just, you know, be safe today. All right, see ya. <laughs> but it's something that you do when you go home and everything else about you know, your life. So we're thinking about fatigue. We're thinking about stress. Right. We're thinking about, you know, can this person who now is coming to work hungry, is this is going to make them someone who is going to likely steal from us so that, you know, they could feed their family and or are they, you know, impaired because they're, you know, can't deal with life and therefore they need to cope other ways. Right. So those are some of the things where we cross over with uh, with life and safety. So for your uh, your company and some of the things that you guys are doing, uh, is there a way for safety to be part of the process of what you're doing in order for it to like maybe uh, intersect or maybe a way where uh, the safety and health field might be able to uh, partner with you guys in any way? Likely. Yeah, likely. Um, the safety 
part of it, I think is huge. We do have, um, you know, I think a lot of those things are thought of here um, in new organization. I think there's a lot of planning and, um, and sort of human resource work that has gone into a lot of this. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I'd say there's definitely a, an avenue for the safety and the concerns and, and sort of the thoughtfulness of, of the employees that, that, um, that goes into it. Yeah. If the, is there anything on your website that might we might be able to to look at to say, hey, um, especially with the hunger part, are there things like um, what are tips to find if you 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 notice things about people being hungry and uh, maybe because no one's going to tell you that, but maybe there's some you know certain things that you can find. And I've I've truly seen where workers were literally homeless, but yet they're showing up to work every day and they're underpaid or underinsured in some ways and then now that could actually be a health and safety issue for them yeah uh, so uh i don't know if you know of course this is off the cuff and i get <laughs> i didn't give you any chance to prep on this sure. but uh uh just maybe uh decipher what i'm trying to say and <laughs> break it down yeah yeah no I, I don't have an actual website link but i will i will say i do think that's a huge um a huge part of of um a lot of philanthropic work that's going on around the country. Um, and I think it, you know, it's astounding to me that, that uh, folks might be homeless and, and coming to work every day. I mean, God bless them that, that yeah. so many people are, are um, really dealing with, with a lot of these issues right here at home. So that's, okay. that's, that's really something that I always sort of consider. That's, it's, um, it's, it's a tragedy that that's actually happening here in America and in, in 2020, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. All right, plug away. I like completely like stole your day. I, I shanghai your evening. <laughs> That's okay. So plug okay. away. Anything you want to plug? Anything you've you've got? Just 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 nail us. Give us everything. No, I just want to say. I, <laughs> I just want to say thanks for having me on. You know, it's a pleasure, and um, you know, anytime. All right. So I got the family discount and getting him here on the interview. <laughs> I appreciate it, nephew. Thank you. Absolutely. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people on to focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. And first and foremost, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and share it with a friend, like it. 
I think you could like it. I'm not too sure. But I know for sure you could subscribe, right? So subscribe to it. And I just would pray and hope and just uh, in my mind imagine that you're really getting some value out of each and every show. So uh, just want to thank you for it. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Sheldon at safetyconsultant.us. If you are a safety consultant and you want to get more resources and help, join our group. Go to safetyconsultant.us and look at that. Make sure that you understand what's going on there. But truly, it's a resource group, so it's a way for you to get all the information. I shouldn't say all, but get you going so you will have what you need for your safety consulting business. So the tip of the week is going to be pretty easy. Uh, and it's something that may not be mind blowing, but it's something that we might forget, especially in when you're going out there and you're trying to get some influence, you're trying to get some people to, to really understand you. So the tip of the week is be yourself. That's it. As simple as it is, be yourself. You may be nervous when you first get out there and you want to portray that you're a bigger business than you're not and all those things that the trappings that come with wanting to uh, look as if you are a conglomerate versus a solopreneur, a one-person band. That's okay. Uh, you could project confidence but still be yourself and be direct that's one of the things we learned from the interview so be direct about what you want be confident uh, make sure that you are yourself whatever your personality is so just be yourself that's the the best thing because it's not sustainable if you're not yourself what will happen is uh, if you put on a show for someone else and try to get the business more and more times that they do business with you they're going to start seeing hey this isn't the person that you portrayed yourself to be and then all of a sudden uh, there's going to be a disconnect and then you're not going to be able to uh, complete the work like you should so go ahead be genuine be yourself be assertive yes because you need the job so you want to make sure that you're going to plan ahead of time for each one of your meetings you want to be prepared and you want to make sure that you're assertive in letting everyone know that, hey, this is the best thing for your company. I am the best thing for your company. And that is the best way to go about it. So that is the tip of the week. And I am going to be off getting out of here for the week. But I want to make sure that you guys have what you need. So again, go to safetyconsultant.us join our group there or reach out to me with an email sheldon at safetyconsultant.us have a great rest of your week and go get them this podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com episode has been powered by Safety FM.
Here's the thing about new cherry vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been vanilla cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke cherry vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke vanilla cherry Coke or cherry vanilla Coke Coke. <clears throat> Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke, zero sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.